0: Welcome, football and other f and Merry Christmas, you filthy, filthy sons of bitches. That's right. I'm insulting you right <laughs> off the bat. We have a recorded in a couple Christmas. weeks. Merry Christmas. Merry Kiss Christmas. Kiss my ass. Here's your podcast. Happy Festivus. I'm sorry for every one of those that we have literally lied to for the last 14 days about, yeah, we're recording a podcast and then nothing releases. We,
1: we swear we were in Buck's house, me and Mike, yeah. last week We and broke recorded in. a podcast, or at least we were told we were recording a podcast. <laughs>
2: What do you think Buck was really doing when he was told us we were recording a podcast?
1: He's probably texting, like, Paul and all them, and, you know, uh, Austin and Zach, just saying, man, I really got these fucking losers in this I've house he, <laughs> they we're recording.
0: I got them on the ropes. <laughs> these assholes, assholes think the mics are on. It's adorable. <laughs> it's like when you buy your girlfriend some studio session. Yeah, it sounds great, babe. Yeah. So, yeah absolutely. <laughs> You're going to be a huge star. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski. Join bar our producer and co-host, Zach Lyons. And co-host and Music City Miracles writer, Mike Herndon. And I've literally got written here twice that I am your host, Mr. Lebowski. So I'm going to say (laughs) it again twice. You know why? Because that's what I can do when I'm the one introducing the-
1: It's because there are still people out there that think we all sound alike. That's true.
0: No, it's all they want to do is they want to hear the man to my left. Mike Herndon, our yeah. listenership, is actually going up at this point. People yeah. are calling their friends saying, no, don't call the podcast off. No, I'm no, not. he's on this one. He's, he's on this one. Um, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about the Saints game recap. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that just a bit. We know it's been almost two weeks now since they played. However, you did not get to hear our lovely voices last week because 615 Sessions sabotaged Zach and Mike. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sabotage. Sabotage. I said the sabotaged word.
2: Sabotaged him just like Arthur Smith did to Mariota. Yep. Speaking of Arthur Smith, <laughs> we're going to talk about Arthur Smith. Possibly being listed as a head coaching
0: candidate, which I can't wait to get to because one podcast I know specifically spent a good episode taking a hot shit all over him <laughs> earlier this year. Don't know uh, who that was. No, we'll talk about resting Derrick Henry. Do the Titans have a shitty fan base? I'll go go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. Yes, <laughs> um <laughs> uh, the Texans gonna play starters. We'll talk about possible playoff matchups for the Titans. That's right. We're jumping the gun. We don't give a shit. um <clears throat> got a couple of other interesting topics to get to, along with some possible award nominations based only on our Twitter feed from Mr. Robert Greenlaw. So, let's go ahead and get started. Saints game. Uh, the first reaction I want to hear out of you two. Were you disappointed?
1: Yeah, I, a little bit.
2: I was I was disappointed only after after we got up 14 to nothing. I thought all right, here we go. We're, we're about to come out. I I thought I thought there was a chance we that the Titans were about to blow the doors off of the Saints at the at the moment. But I was disappointed that they let them kind of grab control after that because I, I thought they had a chance to run away with it. You,
1: you just can't stop Michael Thomas. Yeah. If it, it does not matter who Michael Thomas is playing against. And I and haven't watched every Saints game, mind you, but I've watched a lot and because I have Michael Thomas on my fantasy team. And so I've watched a lot of his games. It doesn't matter who he's lined up against. He's getting... Almost double-digit interceptions and a hundred yards. I think there's only been one game I feel like that he hasn't done one of those things.
2: I mean, he's he's literally averaging almost ten yards or ten yeah. catches per game. So,
1: and and the thing is, is that, that that he's going up against Logan Ryan, who's playing technically out of position and probably exhausted at this point. <laughs> Lashawn Sims and Ty Smith and Josh Kalu and all these people. I mean. I thought it was an admirable effort and I, and I kind of got, you know, I tweeted this thing about the job I think that Kerry Coombs is doing and with what he has versus what we've gone up against. I think our secondary has done an admirable job without Malcolm Butler for uh, about six or seven games and a Dory Jackson for three. And, is it great? No, it's not great. But it could have been a whole lot worse. Look at the Vikings and the Packers, who are both Super Bowl contenders, right. and they are giving up copious, with all their starters, copious amounts of receiving yards every week, just so, as a secondary. So,
0: to, to Mike's point, um, to answer my own question, I was disappointed only because Titans go up fourteen nothing. The defense was uh, defense was on the verge of going up beast mode. I mean, they were they were. They had the Saints team actively just screwed up. Uh, so I was I was disappointed the way it ended. Um, we'll we'll kind of get into the penalty stuff in just a second. But to go back to what you're saying about Coombs I, on paper, matching this team up against someone like the Saints and Thomas specifically that the Titans should get shredded in the secondary and they've actually held their own. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's honestly what made the game a little more disappointing to me, is that it, it ended up being kind of meaningless, loss or win. But damn it, I wanted to see that win. I,
2: I did want to see the win. And I I do think that the struggles in the secondary over the last little bit goes to show exactly how good Adoree Jackson and Malcolm Butler really are. I know, you know Titans fans were complaining about Malcolm Butler for a long time. Some of them still do. Um, but... I think it's Man obvious face. now, if you look at before and after he went out, how big of a difference it's made. And of course, Adory going out, who was playing really, really well this year too, has only compounded the matter. You're you're seeing guys that, you know, really are replacement level NFL players out there against one of the best passing attacks in the league. That's kind of what's going to happen. And, and the offense did a good job of keeping them in the game and, and fighting back. And, you know, honestly, they had a chance to win there late. So. Um, I wasn't terribly disappointed with the effort overall. I would have loved to see a win, obviously, but I didn't think they played poorly, or that that was a game that was highly concerning to me.
1: Yeah, I'm only disappointed in the the win loss that result. Yes, I'm not disappointed in the team and how they fought and how they played. That's a great boy. without Derrick Henry, uh, without with, Jeffrey Simmons, and then Corey Davis went down in the middle yeah, of the game without Adam Humphries. Yeah, no
2: Ad- Adoree.
1: I mean, no Adoree, no Malcolm Butler. And they're giving up a lot of catches, but they're keeping everything in front of them. Like I think that's one of the th- big things is that, you know the secondary is keeping a lot in front of them because they don't want to get burned, right? I mean that's the big that would be my big thing with the secondary be afraid without speed. I don't know where the speed comes from right now. They are keeping everything in front of them and just allowing a lot of dink and dunks. Okay, so that that can hurt you. I mean, but for the most part. You know I can't be I can't be surprised as far as you know what these quarterbacks that like Drew Brees has done because we've seen them do it all year right I mean we know what Drew Brees is I mean he's right. a, a pro- I think now he's starting to gain traction as probably a top five all time quarterback finally yeah and but at the same time it sucks that we lost and I was a little disappointed but all is not lost. No, well, yeah. I, well, that's how I feel about it.
0: What? So several weeks ago, when the Titans were finally starting to, you know, find a groove, um, the sucky times were behind us for a while. <laughs> One of the things that we consistently talked about is that we wanted to see some sort of consistency out of this team. What? What? I, what? The Saints game only further solidified for me is I'm not really worried about the Titans matching up against anyone right now is that they don't seem to be outmatched regardless of the type of team they play. This team so, can
1: beat anybody out there, and I'll even throw the Ravens out there because I think Dean Pease and Mike Rabel can game plan with that to keep him in. I mean, I think they could just beat anybody. Does that mean that I'm confident that they will? Well, probably not. So be, I'm just hopeful. Yeah. Like, I, I, I see a team that is very, very complete. And on the verge, if Michael, Michael and Butler and Adoree Jackson would be would have been playing, this would have been a totally different record right now. We probably would not be in a win-and-in situation more than likely.
2: Yeah. It, the thing is that this Titans team does not get blown out. Like, it, it has not happened all year. Yeah. Even the, the biggest margin of victory or margin of loss, I guess, uh, that they've had this season was the Broncos game when they lost 16 to nothing, And that was a six-point game in the fourth quarter um, you know that that was it was six to nothing pretty late in that game so I, they are not getting blown out I mean I guess the Jaguars game the first Jaguars game was probably the closest but they have done some blowing out and that's a mark of a good team when you go out and you blow the doors off of the Raiders and the Jaguars and teams like that that that's a mark of a good football team and those aren't the Jaguars are pretty terrible but the Raiders aren't a terrible football team you know they're going to end up finishing either seven and nine or eight and eight, which is, you know, okay. Um, but blowing out a team like that on the road, I think shows what this Titans team can do. And I think they can hang with anybody. I think if you put them in a game against anybody in the league at this point, they're going to be in it to, till the fourth quarter. And it's going to come down to who makes the best plays, you know, in, in at the right times.
0: Can can we go ahead and just list ourselves as the official overreaction fangirl site of uh one aj brown yes oh there is
1: no doubt about it aj brown's the number one deliriously happy
2: love him oh i I want a jersey
1: i I mean i want one
0: i i I do too i and i have been one of those on the microphone every chance i get that i i think jerseys or while i don't have a problem with other people wearing them i personally have a problem with wearing a jersey with another man's name written on my back aj brown i'm gonna have to make an exception buddy that, and, and that, that, that's see, a jersey I
1: want. Now, while some of these were um counterfeit jerseys possibly, but for the most part, he was he was I what I liked about it was on Christmas Day, yeah. anybody that got an AJ Brown yeah. jersey, he responded back with the Titans blue heart and, you know, yeah. talked about it. I mean he inter- This is a this is a this is the type of player that we have been craving for. And Derrick Henry has slowly become that way. But we're done. Yeah. A.J. Brown has been that way since day one. Yeah. Since the rookie pitchers with him wearing the Dolce & Gabbana glasses yes. and the chain. Yes.
2: I knew this at guy, that moment yeah. that he was going to be a star. That,
1: this is the guy that you want. This is the guy that's going to be on the, on your national yeah. guy. Yeah. He will be the face of the franchise the, very soon. The date? And it,
0: The day he was drafted, now, I'm an Ole Miss fan, so, of course, take my opinion with a grain of salt, but A.J. Brown was about the only thing besides Metcalf that made watching Ole Miss games tolerable. So, when he was drafted, I was very over-the-top happy, but a little skeptical because this team has such a bad habit of drafting wide receivers no more. no
3: more this is a new team and and the
2: second round curse is officially over with the with derrick henry and a.j brown and harold landry harold landry i mean that that curse is long gone. gone but what
0: what really makes me smile is that and i know what i'm about to say is ridiculous but a.j brown kind of stepping up and being able to take the spotlight on a day where everyone's like oh henry's resting this can't be good how are we going to establish the run and be able No, I mean, anything that was, you know, thrown his way. I mean, he scored twice, right? One of them was a
2: pitch that he ran. No, he, he only scored once. Oh, he only yeah, scored he once. Yeah, okay. he had the run, and then he had the, the other Ta- long Tajay scored twice. Okay, that's right. Tajay scored twice.
0: But AJ's able to kind of step up and take the spotlight in a moment where, where the team had to have it. I, I just, I'm so beyond thrilled that <laughs> the Titans have a potential superstar wide out.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's the first time since they've been here. I, yeah. I really think that they've got a guy that could be that guy like that pro bowl every year, yes. wide receiver kind of guy like Derek Mason was really good. Um, I don't know that he was ever an elite wide receiver necessarily. He was, he was really high end good wide receiver. Um, but Brown has a chance to be something that this fan base hasn't ever seen in Nashville. Now going back to the Oilers. Oh, uh,
1: let's pump the brakes. <laughs> Randy Moss was here
2: oh okay yeah yeah I forgot Randy Moss who Tennessee Titans Hall
1: of Famer Randy
0: Moss could
2: not get on the field because he played the same position as Kenny Brett (laughs) I don't have any thoughts on Randy Moss
0: um (laughs) so I'm gonna jump a little bit past the Arthur Smith thing we'll come back to it in a second um speaking of Derrick Henry was it the right move to rest him yes
1: yeah I mean you know there we didn't really miss we missed Derrick Henry but it, we didn't really. I didn't really feel like our game plan against the Saints needed Derrick Henry, if that makes sense. I mean, we our run game was competent enough. I think Daylon Dawkins, Deion Lewis switching out did enough. Uh, what do we still have with even without John who was hundred something yards. Yeah, right, it's like
2: one hundred and fifty or one hundred sixty yards rushing. Yeah. which is a good day. I mean, it, that, that's that's solid. I mean, to me, I mean.
1: Yes, so at that point, you have to say that, yeah, while Derrick Henry was missed, because maybe, I mean, you do have to game plan for Derrick Henry, it it, it was the right call because, if anything, now he's fully healthy for the Texans.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that was the thing, ultimately. And I, I'm very glad that the Titans recognized this and didn't pull the meathead, well, we're just worried about winning the next game, move, and, and just stick all their guys out there and not think about it. Because... Going into this game, there's only one scenario where losing to the Saints would have come back to haunt them. And, and it's still in play, technically, and it's even possible, but it does not matter if you take care of business, business against the Texans in Week 17. So, they knew that if they lost that game and then they came back and beat the Texans, there's no way they'd, they'd end up regretting the the Saints loss just because of the way the tiebreakers fell. Right, And it was smart of them... Because the only way you're going to go on the run that they hope to go on to, A, get into the postseason, and then, B, make some noise once they get there. Because, I mean, getting in is great. But once you get in, you got to win some more games. I mean, it's getting in is a great, great notch on the belt, I guess you could say. But that's not the ultimate goal. And I think they had their eyes on the ultimate goal of winning games in the postseason and making a run as deep as they can. And they knew that they needed a healthy Derrick Henry for that. And the best way to get a healthy Derrick Henry was to give his hamstring uh, a day where he's not having to carry the ball 20 times and, you know, put that strain on it and get some, get some rest, let it actually recover. And now we've seen two days of practice so far this week. He's been a full participant in both. And that's the first time he's done that since before. Well, before the Texans game, right? uh, Well, before that, even the Colts game is where he showed up before the Colts game, he showed up on the injury. So the last time he was full participant in practice both days, Wednesday and Thursday was before Jacksonville. Wow. So that, that is a real sign of progress and a real indication. I think that we're going to see vintage, you know, prime Derek Henry on Sunday against the Texans. And that should, you know, be a huge help to the Titans offense. I mean, that that's, he makes a massive difference and, Having him healthy for that game and then the next game um, is critical. All, All right, so
0: I completely forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. It's that kind of podcast. It's a couple of days past Christmas. I've eaten like
1: pure shit for about 48 hours. Um, <laughs> detox. Got detox.
0: I've got. To t- I'm literally about to detox. My brother and I were talking about that last night. And I think I'm going to try to go no red meat for the entire month. Of-
2: oh my goodness. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Good so luck, By to January, you, sir. by
0: January the fourth, I'm looking forward to that ribeye. No, I mean speaking of ribeyes. The playoffs essentially start Sunday. Yeah. So to start this winter, you're out. It has to be a, a full, healthy Henry. And I know there was a lot of chatter before the Saints game of it's ridiculous to start talking about resting starters now for scenarios that could still come back to bite you. This team didn't have a choice, and I agree with Mike. It's it's reassuring to see, reassuring to see from the from the, head, you know from the front office that they're willing to look at that and say the the need to sit Henry now to get him healthy is greater than winning a game that has like a 2% possibility of coming back to bite us. Right.
2: Exactly. So I think, I think the results of six games had to go a certain <clears throat> way for that result against the saints to even matter. So I do, I want to come
0: back to that thought for a second on just the, the scenarios of us getting in and all that. I know obviously it's winning and end. We'll, we'll touch on that in a second because it, we're going to bring it back up with the uh, Titans fan base. So the last thing I want to discuss about this game which I know we all have strong thoughts on. Poor Khalifa Raymond getting popped, coming over the middle.
2: Fuck Jerome Boger.
0: Fuck Jerome uh. Boger. And and I'm sorry, fuck the NFL officiating office for constantly harping about and even having the audacity to run commercials all year about player safety. Here's a proper tackle, blah, blah, blah. The fact that that call is not even flagged or look at. And, and beyond that, uh, the two guys that are calling the game got a brush to decide like oh yeah. what a heavy hit and then didn't even really visit the fact that you know that should be a damn penalty it, it just really gets under my skin Jerome Bojer I'm so over all He's game awful. I was laughing because the man can find a holding call buried in a pile of needles
2: and that was that was a lot of those went against the saints i mean the saints picked up a ton oh, of i, 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 I will mean, say awful. i will
1: say at the beginning of the game uh, we went with a friend of the podcast uh andy goldstein and me and him were we, we had a couple saints fans around us and we were like we love jerome boger <laughs> and, and he's the best i've never said a bad word about jerome and then he would call a penalty on the titans and we'd be like we've always hated that jerome boger. <laughs> that son of a bitch and uh but What's the point of having these headquarters that are supposed to be like the head of officiating if they do not see that play and say, hey, you got to call a penalty? It's
2: common sense. I mean, at some point, I, you know, I get the letter of the law and the question of, oh, was he a defenseless receiver or whatever? If if you look at that play and don't determine that the safety coming down and making a kill shot on a guy that's being tackled by someone else as he's catching the ball and knocks him out cold before he even hits the ground. If that's not a penalty, then what the point? What's the point of any of this? I mean, that's got to be a flag. There were period. two.
0: There were two angles that were shown on TV that show paint and chunks of plastic coming off of his helmet. Yeah, that's not from a shoulder pad. That's not from a glancing blow. I, I, I just don't understand what is the point in having that penalty. I'll even say this: I'm going to be that fan. That's Michael Thomas coming over the middle and catching that ball and gets hit like that. I mean, 100%. that gets called. Yeah. And I, do, I don't like that the Titans being a smaller market team that we're regulated or relegated to having someone like Boger calling our game or, or having, you know, just kind of this ass attention level from the NFL of not getting the same play calls. And it's not just the Titans fan base. It's, it's quite a fan base team. It's, it's quite a few teams out there that end up getting B and C level officiating crews because they're pretty much being punished by not being a great crew. So they're put on lesser quality games. So do, don't give me this shit about player safety. If, if that's going to be the case.
2: And, and here's the, here's the problem I have too. not only did that call or non-call, you know, totally flip the outcome of this game. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying the Titans definitely win if that's a flag, but it does put them into Saints territory with, yes. I think, four minutes left and down three um at the time. So they had a really good chance to at least yes. get a field goal to tie or maybe even take the lead and give the Saints little little time left. So there's a real chance the Titans win that game if that's called correctly. But not only that, Khalif Raymond hasn't practiced this week and is probably going to miss the Texans game, which there is going to be a ripple effect from that hit that goes into the next game now, too. So. I just have a huge problem with the NFL just ignoring it and pretending like that didn't happen because, you know, nobody's ever heard of Cleveland, well, Randall. And that's and, what
1: Riveron did. He, I mean... Yeah,
2: he has been silent on
1: it. I, yeah, I haven't heard anything. I either. know Pereira has been, you know, pretty vocal of that, you know, defenseless receiver. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't River... I mean, who is up there in New York watching these fucking games? Yeah. I mean, because they're doing a piss poor job. And someone should have said... That's You missed one right here. Let's get this handled because they showed, I mean, he's on the ground, right, for this whole amount of time. So yeah. they, someone in New York at that point should have seen what happened and reported down and saying, you know, that, I thought that was the whole point of having these people.
2: The whole reason he fumbled was because he was knocked unconscious by an illegal hit. Yeah, right? Right. That is, how do you not call that? Went completely limp.
0: Yeah. It, I, it really, it gets under my skin because that was also a turnover to where The replay was shown multiple times over the pan over the span of several minutes. What what do you think? Why the NFL is not contacting a referee on the field or at the stadium and talking about that? Is the fear of just looking bad in the moment? Looking wishy washy. They don't want to neuter their you know ref team that's on the field. I, I I mean, what is what are you all's
1: opinions on this? I, I think that, I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing
2: yeah i don't either because <laughs> like, i think the aaf had this right i mean the aaf had a lot of flaws but they had the official in the booth at the game like the extra official who was watching the replays and then buzzing down hey you fucked this up you know you you really need to go back and change this one and they it's a common sense thing and i know that like if you don't put very black and white rules down, you leave it open to interpretation. There's gray area there and nobody likes gray area with rules, but at some point it does become a common sense thing, right? Like you see a play and like a guy gets obviously tackled for a hold for what should have been a holding call that gets missed that springs the touchdown, like Logan Ryan getting tackled in the hole on, uh, Alvin Kamara's 40 yard touchdown run that needs to be flagged. I mean not all holding calls need to be flagged like if a guy's holding on the backside of a run and the yeah. dude wasn't even like within 20 yards of the ball carrier, sure, let that go, whatever, it's not a big deal. But the the calls that get screwed up or missed that would have a huge impact on the game or the play, those have to be called. Those have to be fixed. You don't you don't I don't want them to stop the play and Bring the official over to look at the magic booth, you know, video over here. Just buzz down. We have the technology to make this quick and streamline and not interrupt the flow of the game and get it right. That's it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts because
0: I I don't even want to discuss it. It it shouldn't be discussed at this point in the NFL. I mean, the, the NFL otherwise is an excellent product on the field. I mean, for obvious reasons, we're sitting here spending hours talking about it, but yet This officiating thing keeps coming back up, keeps coming back up. And it's it's a year over year. I mean, this year it's been especially bad. But last year ended on a pretty terrible note with the Saints, you know, no call. And it's just like it's like buying a house in a beautiful neighborhood, with the exception of the fact that across the street is an exceptionally violent crime about every six weeks. It's like (laughs) uh, otherwise the neighborhood's great, with the exception of the fact that someone is brutally murdered across the street about every three to four weeks. I just I'm tired of discussing it. I don't know why the NFL, how difficult it is to set a standard of rules and run with it. Exactly what you were talking about, Mike, with the with the um, uh, AAF, that why not have a crew on the field that take Bozier's crew, for example, and then you're assigned a person who's in the booth. That's independent from them. So it's not the same crew and the same booth person that's assigned to the field yeah. every single week. It's going to be, it's a rotating group so that they don't get in the same sync of calls as Jerome Bojer likes to call a bunch of holding calls. So now the guy in the booth is going to always side with that. However, that dynamics worked out. I think that model works. I, I thought the model of having that person on camera and mic'd up was a little hokey. Yeah. But at the same time, that. you know, you could at least see them give their ruling or hear it or they call it down, whatever. I, I, just I, like, want the, some independence. I like it
1: because you got to hear the reasoning. It
3: does give uh, some
2: like, transparency I did like the reasoning, reasoning, yeah. Yeah. to the lie I like the behind it. I, th- yeah. I,
1: think, I think one of my problems is that there are millions upon millions of football fans and radio analysts and people on TV who all recognize that this system is flawed, and there's probably like 20 people employed by the NFL that can't fucking get this right. <laughs> like, we've we've all... Millions of us have come up with this great idea. I mean, the AAF even did it, but I mean... But the fucking 20 people up in the NFL are like, nah, we're good. And then the whole defensive pass interference, being able to call those, it's like they don't even care. They're going to call what they called on the field because they feel they're right. They don't want to overturn their own rightness I feel or wrongness or whatever.
0: I think spending all season kind of ignoring that and trying to look for the perfect opportunity to turn or overturn or not overturn it, I think it's going to come back to bite them in the playoffs somehow. Yeah.
2: And I, I, I really I, hope it's not against the Titans. Yeah, I, I almost hope it does. Uh, just, just to underline how bad this needs to be fixed. I mean, I know they've already talked about doing the top-down review of officiating after the season's over and everything like that. But I mean, shit. Sometimes
1: they, after the season's a little too late.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and I mean, it, it just it sucks that a multi-billion-dollar industry like this is being just almost ruined by some of these calls i mean when you can't trust the referees to fairly and and evenly officiate a game it it undermines the entire you know organization i mean the whole yeah. thing it just becomes oh well what's what the hell's really going on here why does this matter because i mean that that call swung the game luckily for the titans the jets beat the steelers and it didn't really end up you know, it ended up being a situation where they're going to be in win and end mode, anyways. Right. So it didn't really matter for the Titans. But you know, if it had, can you imagine if the Titans were eliminated because of that that call? I mean, well, I mean, I'd, I'd be to sick.
1: me, you got to remember the health of Khalif. I mean, yeah, that that too, that to me is the biggest is the biggest right. thing because they, while they couldn't prevent the hit from happening, so the hit was going to happen either way. He took that punishment for literally no reason. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get to keep the first down. We didn't get to keep the ball. We didn't get those yards back. It actually went the complete opposite way. And here he is, you know, concussion number one as far as at the NFL level goes. And he, he got, he took all that damage to his head for no fucking reason.
0: Yeah. Where's, Where's the NFL commercial on that one, huh? Yeah. Where's the commercial that's hearing this week about this is a missed call and this is not a proper tackle? Yeah. I don't see that shit. The NFL's always quick to tooth their own horn uh, about other garbage.
1: And I know other people have said it, but I want to say it again and put it out out there. Khalif Raymond's actual route to get to that point was sick. Yeah. He was, it right was now. such a good route. And let me say this. It, he... Has potential to to be a major player on this team, as far as a contributor on this team. Oh, yeah. Unlike some of the wide receivers we've had over the years, like Trey McBride or yeah. Taywan Taylor, that really never contributed to anything of importance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has potential to do. Are that. you talking
0: about Taywan just to trigger Mike? Yeah.
1: I I'm I just want I just want to bring up. Um, is that just I, a to a I'm numb to it now. I want to say this: the trial for Tajay Sharp. <laughs> It was T for Titans is the name of the episode. It's still, it, it we recorded it before we I'm, I'm going to delete Media. that. I'm going to delete <laughs> that
3: episode. I want
1: everybody to go back and listen to it. And I was colluded against by everybody else about <laughs> Tajay and Taewon, and I ended up right.
2: I don't even know who Taewon Taylor is. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't
0: recall any of that shit. Let's move on to Arthur Smith. Um, <clears throat> Ian Rappaport tweeted out that he and, who was the other gentleman? Uh, Tom Pellicero basically uh, wrote an article saying that Arthur Smith was being discussed in certain circles um, within the NFL uh, for head coaching candidacy.
2: Uh, As would you say he's a serious candidate? He was one of 25 guys listed. So, I mean, 25 is a pretty deep list and it gave, you know, repeat guys. They had Dennis Allen, Jim Caldwell, uh, Leslie Frazier, Marvin Lewis, Mike McCarthy, Josh McDaniels. Some of those guys, they had first time guys, which is where Arthur Smith fell under. But is Josh McDaniels
1: really coaches. a candidate now? I mean, yeah, I don't think so. I, I mean, think that, that to me, is, I know that's we're getting way off topic, but people would
0: want to talk It's kind of weird, him, I guess. Yeah. No, I think you it's. Know? I think unfortunately, he's always going to be discussed as a yeah. candidate, whether he actually is or not. Yeah,
2: but yeah, so it was it was interesting just to see his name pop up on there. What they said about him, uh, Arthur Smith, uh, offensive coordinator, thirty seven years old, in his ninth. In his ninth season with the Titans, Smith was an obscure name until Mike Vrabel promoted him from tight ends coach. After last season, he has taken advantage, impressing with his seven with his even-keeled uh, demeanor and work with a revitalized Ryan Tannehill.
0: So, so let me let me say this before we get into it. Is anyone else here embarrassed to even be discussing the sixth topic?
1: Well, I don't know why we'd be embarrassed of our previous I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've I never will, said a bad word about Arthur Smith.
2: If, You'll if never Zach, be able to prove it. If Zach is gonna bring up the Tajay Taiwan trials, I believe I was the one that was most preaching patience for Arthur Smith. I don't think Man, that's, that's right. I think that's true.
1: It doesn't sound like a guy that would get that would promote Taiwan over Tajay would uh, say that kind of stuff. I think
2: that's true. I
0: don't
1: remember my exact comments on Arthur Smith. Yeah. I, I
0: know that I wanted for able to say put it for people to chill yeah. the
1: fuck out. I, yes. I will say this about anything I said bad about art was with the disclaimer if things continue. It's almost
0: yeah. as it's almost as if there's a published catalog of my comments Never. online that I could go back and listen to to further uh, but 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 in all seriousness, moving on past that point. I mean how much a few good games can really change. Things. It's, oh, it's yeah. not a few. It's it's not. No, no, no. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I should not even say that because yeah. I
1: don't want to trivialize what he's doing here. Yeah, because then you'd be the people in Mike's mentions.
2: Oh, we're gonna oh, we're gonna yeah, get to yeah, that. We'll in get to
0: those. <laughs> we got a special segment called "What the <laughs> Fuck Is the Internet."
2: <laughs> but they, yeah, it's it's it is a remarkable turnaround because yeah, nine weeks ago nobody would have nobody would have seen that headline or, or you know read that inclusion in an article and said oh that makes sense, but now. It does make sense because, I mean, the Titans have a top five offense in the NFL over the last nine weeks. So, yeah, he is going to get attention for that. We saw Matt LaFleur get a head coaching job with, honestly, less a less impressive resume than what Arthur Smith has. Um, Arthur Smith is young. He's got at least somewhat of a play-calling play track record now of success. I mean, really a, a great success this year. Um, and... He's got an, uh, kind of a diverse background. I mean, he's been under a ton of different coaches. Like, it's been well chronicled. Uh, you know, he survived three regime changes here. Uh, he's also, he's been a defensive uh, assistant before. So, he's coached on the defensive side of the ball. He was an offensive lineman in college. He's worked a little bit with offensive linemen in the pro level. And, of course, he coached tight end. So, he's kind of seen a lot of different uh, roles at the NFL level. So, I think that kind of experience is probably pretty interesting to a potential team looking to hire a head coach. But I mean, being young and being an offensive play caller are like number one and two on the list of what makes a, you know, hot NFL head coaching candidate and Smith has both those. So
1: Well and and let's go back to maybe our summer episodes where we talked about, you know, if Art's as good as we were hoping he was going to be good, that he may not be around for long. I mean, yeah. we even said that and here we here he is then 6 6 weeks of regular season, you know, we shit all over him for the most part. <laughs> and then here he is back in it. and he's he's fulfilling his what we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. And I'm not shocked that Art is in I mean, he's a can, he's one of 25 candidates uh, on this list and it is stuff that they've heard so this is sourced.
2: Yeah. And Rappaport and Pellicero are as good as it comes as yeah. far as being plugged in. And so.
1: then on top of that, you know, I don't want to see him go. No. Like, I definitely do not want to see him go. And I think I'll be hard-pressed, I think, this year for him to actually land a job. But yeah. I'm sure he's really great at interview, the interview process. But I think that this is, this is the perfect year for him to get this national exposure and not get the job. Because yeah. there's going to be very few... Atlanta is keeping Dan Quinn. So there was yeah. another one off the board. Yep,
2: yeah. The Lions are keeping Patricia. Yeah. Uh, the- Jags yeah. had the potential to keep Marone. Jets have announced they're keeping Gase. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the list, that I actually, mean, and all yeah. that
0: works out in our favor, because yeah. the point I was going to make, and again, this is not to diminish Art Smith, but do you think that some of this is reflective of some NFL front offices wanting to try to exit the carousel a little bit? And also, it definitely fits the narrative of several NFL front offices right now seem to be obsessed with him, with, and for good reason, trying to find the new, hot, kind of unnamed up-and-comer. Right. As quickly as LaFleur was stolen away, mm-hmm. I kind of see Art Smith definitely fitting into that model, because some of those names you named off, it, it, it as a fan, it makes me roll my eyes that Josh McDaniel's even being seriously considered... After the utter fucking disaster of him going to Denver and then the whole thing with Indianapolis, I, I just I can't just no believe. horse franchises. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> but
2: it but it <laughs> I, to
3: me
0: <laughs> to me it shows, and I I I say this with trepidation in the same sentence as Arthur Smith, but it shows the level of desperation that some front offices are in to try to turn their programs around. Setting that aside, I'm not saying that going after Art Smith is a desperate move. I think it's that if you show some flashes of brilliance. And you're able to sustain them for several games. That that's enough these days for an NFL front office to say, "Get that Freddie Kitchens the fuck out of here." Who's this guy? You know. Yeah. So, and and that's I think that should be uh, you know, as a Titans fan, that should make you step back and think, hmm, something. You know, the Titans have something right here. Well,
1: but- I think Freddie Kitchens is a really good example of what. Could happen to Art if he takes the head coaching job right after this one, this half year, yes. because Freddie Kitchens was a half year guy. Yeah, and I think that probably the Freddie Kitchens situation with him being in over his head and all that kind of stuff, I think that will kind of keep Art around for one more year because people are going to want to see what can he do with a full year of uh, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, as long as we're keeping these pieces, which we should, right? Um. But what can he do for the full year? Like, I think that you have to see the full year, a full, full. I, I don't have to see it, but yeah. I think other people that are not, you know, maybe oh. risking their franchise maybe need to see a full year. I just I don't, don't think that he's going to go. Though.
2: I mean, we saw Kitchens get a job. We saw LaFleur well, get that's a job. I'm, we saw Zach Taylor get LaFleur a job. LaFleur
1: had a full year. Kitchens yeah. was a half year guy. Zach
2: Taylor did not even have a full year as a play caller. Yeah, like he had never p- called plays before. Right. So I don't. But I think, but look at the,
1: the, what they've done to those right. teams. Besides yeah. Lafleur, who has Aaron Rodgers and right. a bunch of talent, I, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe, is is maybe my mindset the, maybe they're going to go the Ron R- Rivera, the Mike McCarthy's, the people that they've seen have some success. Yeah. If if I was a if I was a coach, I would probably be looking at Robert Salee or Salah or uh, Salami. Yeah. Um And, and yeah. because I think he's, I think defensive They're, head coaches that are really young are going to be the next wave. I don't
2: know if necessarily it's going to be offensive coaches right now. Yeah. How, I mean, it could be interesting that, you know, that offensive versus defensive balance because I, I was talking with some of the people in the comments on uh, Music City Miracles about this uh, specific subject. But of the top, if you go back the last five years, top eight teams as far as win loss record in the NFL. It's Patriots, Chiefs, um, let's See Ravens are up there, uh, Steelers, um, Vikings, Seahawks, and there's a couple I'm leaving out. But e- anyways.
1: Mainly defensive coaches, it sounds like.
2: Mostly defensive coaches. So five of the top eight are defensive coaches that, ha- you know, they do cycle through offensive coordinators sometime. I mean, Pete Carroll, obviously, Mike Zimmer. Um, and I think that's a, you can win with that. You can win with that formula. You don't have to have the genius play calling head coach. You know, we've seen, we've seen teams regress, honestly, under some of those guys. I mean, McVay is having a down year. Peterson's having a down year. Um, right. Nagy's having a down year. Reich's having a down year. Um, it's kind of been a bad year for a lot of those guys. And I, I do wonder if that kind of changes some of the course of, Oh, we've got to get a play-calling head coach because that formula isn't necessarily is having a bad year. I guess is yeah. is the what, way to put it. What
0: is your level of concern of losing Arthur Smith realistically next year to a head coaching position, and does it escalate per playoff win?
2: <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> In it, it all would, seriousness, it
0: would escalate. By if the Titans win the Super Bowl, I think we're super fucked.
2: <laughs> I think so. That that's I, a good, very good point. I think that's a great point. Yeah. So I, I would say right now, I'd put it like maybe a. Ten percent chance that he gets a job, yep. you know, somewhere. Because I, I think realistically, there's only going to be a few openings. I, right. I was going through the list, and I think Cowboys will be open, uh, but they're not going to hire North Smith. They're no. going to go no, for no a they want it, Riley, yes, ma'am. or you know, they're they're,
1: they're gonna going, going, going for Kellen a Moore, mark it down. Yeah. They're going Kellen Moore.
2: They could, uh, or uh, the Giants will probably be open um, yep. again. I don't know if I see them as an Arthur Smith uh, candidate. Browns um, who just hired a. Very similar guy to Arthur Smith. Do we realistically think that Kitchens is out?
1: I think
0: I it's think a distinct a possibility. Chance. Yeah, is he? Is this his first well, year? It's yeah. his. It's oh. his offense.
1: It's yeah. not Todd. Todd Monken is just there collecting a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at it, I mean, everything they've said is that Todd Monken has some input, but it's a Freddie Kitchens offense.
2: Sounds like the Jags are leaning towards keeping Marone. Um, good. So what a Yeah, we're good with that. Uh, and sleep. i'd say chargers maybe anthony lynn no does, but i think he's probably they'll sleep.
1: let philip rivers go before they let anthony lynn go i think at this point so
2: if we if the teams that have already said that they're keeping the guys that they're keeping and then the it leaves the redskins that leaves redskins panthers which we already know yeah and then probably cowboys giants and maybe browns yeah so it's so only like, like five, five or six five openings um maybe four So that'd be a low number, which I think, you know, obviously increases the odds that that you can hang on to Arthur Smith. And I mean, honestly, I think the pitch, if I was, you know, Mike Vrabel trying to keep Arthur Smith would be, Hey, stay another year. If we do this again next year, you're going to have your pick of the openings. You know, you're going to be able to pick your destination. You're going to be the candidate. If you can put another year of this on tape, you know, and then, you know, we'll we'll let you go and, and, Good luck to you, you know? Let me ask this for those listening.
0: Save the eye rolls. Titans win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Is he 100% gone?
1: I would be very Uh, hard, Is If if it's via the offense and they stay maintaining, scoring 20-plus points a game all the way through the playoffs and they win, he's probably gone. I just don't see any way that he's not
3: gone. In your
0: deliriousness and or nudity. Would you
2: care? I would <laughs> I would not care. I would I would kiss Arthur, Arthur Smith goodbye and thank him for I what would, he's done. I but would, I would not give a damn. I would help the man pack up his house as I stared longingly. I would I, root I, for his team the rest of the time he was a coach, except for when they were playing the Titans. You know
1: what? I'm gonna have to be the opposite. I think I'd be I'd care because I mean Are we going to rely on Pat O'Hara to come in and do the same thing? Todd Downing, Todd Downing. But is there an art? And again, I mean, because he's getting the best out of Ryan Tannehill that we've ever seen, that anybody's ever seen.
0: Let me say this, and go ahead and detach your retinas from rolling eyes. Is it not fair for Vrabel to be able to look at Art Smith and say we pulled it off this year?
2: Stay, and we could turn this thing into something real.
0: I mean, I I think it's
2: fair. I mean, the going in the Titans' favor. The organization has really invested a lot in him over the years. I mean, right. he's been with the team since 2011. There's that's, that's all, like probably, that's the point I'm trying to make. There's probably been like maybe five people in the entire organization that have been there longer than than and he Mark doesn't Smith. need the money. Well, yeah, he, the the money isn't really a yeah, fact. I mean, for like I it mean, like FedEx money. He's, all right, got, let's...
1: he's got shipping in. I... <laughs> Let's get our
0: heads out of the fucking clouds. <laughs> yeah. I just, not, I wanted to ask I question. I am particularly
1: grounded because we're winning the Super Bowl. So I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't see why it's a dream. We're uh, winning, right?
0: I, I think so. I think that's going to happen. All right. Heads out of the clouds and back into the gutters where we like them. The Titans fan base has Speaking been quite, quite the sewer on Twitter lately. I'm going to phrase the question this way because I think this is the fair way to put it. Do the Titans have a shitty fan base or is this indicative of sports fan bases in general? That's a
2: good question.
1: I th- I th- I think it's. I think our vocal minority is a very toxic vocal minority that yeah. I'm tired of seeing on Twitter, and I wish they'd log off and that's delete a, their that's fucking. That's a account.
2: very good way of answering <laughs> that, Mike. But, yeah.
1: but I think that every fan base has it.
2: I do think every every fan base has it. I think the Titans fan base is particularly pronounced because, you know, in in. There's some aspect of it that I do find fair because, yes, this franchise has had times in the past when it has been terribly run. It you know it was cheap at one point where they just Bud was not going to spend money that he didn't have to on anything. Uh, that's been well documented at this point. Um, they they've had some near misses. I mean, this is the team that you know got to the Super Bowl and lost by one yard. Um, so. I can understand the battered fan syndrome mindset to some degree, but when you think about it logically, and this is what I want everyone who goes, oh God, same old Titans can never win a game that counts. What I want you to do is think about this logically and think about what, you're, what kind of history you're applying to this Titans team and whether that makes sense. Because most of the Titans' really bad times are now at least four years into the rearview mirror, right? So from 2016 to 2019, they've been a solid improving, you know, even if the wins and losses haven't necessarily gone up, they have been improving the, the nine and seven of the last two years has been better than the nine and seven of the two years previous because they played a tougher schedule. They've, they've performed better. They're, point differential is rising which is the mark of a team that is improving
1: they look like um, a, a real nfl team they, they like look like an a nfl real offense
2: yeah and so i think you, you're you seeing a team improving but think about the 2015 2014 you know those terrible years even before that the the munchak era um the end of the fisher era think about that time period from like i think it's about 2009 to 2015 you can oh. kind of bracket that as the dark ages <laughs> of titan football right There's a so,
1: lot of alcohol consumed yes. in those yes. games.
2: And, and rightfully so and that those comments would be appropriate for those teams they were shitty they were poorly run that would we had the you know end of bud in there we had the tommy smith tommy smith era in there in that disaster God. We had Mike Munchek, which was a cheapo hire. We had, you know, Wizenhunt, which we all know how that turned out. And, you know, we have, we have all, a lot of baggage back there. But how many people in the Titans organization now are actually even related to those teams back then? We know, you know, Arthur Smith is one, but, you know, he's doing a great job. So I don't think anyone's going to say, oh, he's the reason that they're the same old Titans. You got, like, Brett Kern and, uh, you know, Bo Brinkley, Jarrell Casey, you know, I I think Taylor LeJuan was, what, 2014. So, you've got some of the older players uh, that have been here for a while, but, like, probably 90% of the roster has turned over since 2015. Uh, The entire coaching staff has changed. The entire front office has changed. The controlling owners changed. They've added 50% more personnel to the entire organization. They're building you know they're doubling the size of their facility at St. Thomas Sports Park so that they can add more personnel um they've renovated the locker rooms okay, the, so the weight rooms the, the personnel part yeah i i i want to i want to say that because that was actually a
0: complaint of mine earlier this year of one of the things that i pointed out about the the thing one of the things one of the most important things that i think this team has cheaped out on that part right there really does make me smile and yeah. it, it gives me hope that not hope i mean it's proof that the
2: organization is doubling down yeah. literally I, I think Amy Adam Strong has proven that she wants she cares about the franchise she understands what it's going to take to compete in the NFL she's hired John Robinson and trusts him to handle the football side and he's done an outstanding job with building this roster it's one of the best rosters in the NFL in my opinion um, and I think you're seeing a, a team that is on the rise, legitimately on the rise. And they may come out and lose to the Texans. I, you know, who knows? They may beat the Texans and then lay an egg in the first round of the playoffs. I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. And if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, that doesn't mean that, you know, all of this is not, not true anymore. But stop applying the sins of the 2009 to 2015 Titans to the 2019 Titans. Totally different franchises different teams this is the only thing that's common is the logo and steve underwood's mustache i mean that that's it
1: <laughs> uh, here here where to begin <laughs> where to begin okay you said all that so i'm not gonna speak on that because i agree with you yeah here's where i'm gonna go with titan's twitter is the those people the people that tout hashtag tighten up and hashtag for the boys are not tightening up, and they're not for the boys. They're for maybe Will Compton and his Twitter feed, which is great <laughs> and everything. But the same people that are hashtag for the boys and going to these for the boys busing with the tailgates are the same people I see complaining about the Titans. You're not for the boys, you're, and they're the ones being negative. They're not enjoying it. You know, I've been a fan for 40 years, and hashtag tighten up. I've seen this before, but hashtag tighten up. Titans tighten up. You're not tightening up if you are fucking complaining constantly. You are not for the boys if you are being negative after every little thing that may go wrong. You're not for the boys. You don't maybe you just don't get the meaning behind them and you just think it's a fun thing to say to show that you maybe you're a Titans fan, but there are actually meanings behind those phrases. Yeah. You're I mean if you're for the boys You're for the boys no matter what, right? I mean, you're supposed to... And we're on one of the best rides. These last nine games, yes, they have losses sprinkled in, but we've scored 20 or more points in every game that we've had for the last nine.
2: It's the first time that franchise has done that since 1988. 88! I was three. 1988? I was 26.
1: I mean give me a fucking break this is what the first time that we've had a top 10 offense
2: since 2000 uh,
1: 2003 yeah what 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 more do you need so yeah. like I don't I don't get it you're and, not and, at this point I'm tired of seeing a hashtag tighten up and I'm tired of seeing that someone's for the boys because 90% of them
2: you're not' we're, we're gonna have <laughs> the best offense that we've had since 2003 here. And when I posted the the tweet about uh, Arthur Smith being included in that list that we just talked about, I, I kid you not, and I'm not exaggerating at all, about 60% of the replies were, good riddance, he's terrible. What are you talking about, he's terrible? It's amazing to me how people got married to the idea that Arthur Smith sucks in those first six weeks. And they have completely refused to reconsider their stance. You know, the the Bayesian theory of uh, statistics that as more statistics and more information comes in, you're allowed to reevaluate and reanalyze your your position and form new opinions. That That's true. That's the way that smart people operate. Stop being attached to your week six. Arthur Smith is dumb and awful opinion and allow the fact that he's been a top he's Coordinating a top-five offense in the NFL over the last nine weeks has to come into play here at some point. It is not an accident that Ryan Tannehill is suddenly having the best year of his entire career. Derrick Henry's having the best year of his career. And it's been sustained over a nine-game period for Ryan Tannehill. How
1: many
0: of those those specific comments that you got about Arthur Smith do you think were from people that— are mad because Arthur Smith was not able to drag a diamond out of the rough in Mariota.
2: I, I think there's a big chunk of that. I think the the Mariota people, it, it's kind of amazing, you know. And like who you want to like, I you know, I don't I don't care. You can you can be a fan of Mariota, that's fine, but don't let it cloud your entire opinion opinion of the team that you are supposedly a fan of. Because Mariota, the most likely explanation for what we've seen over the past three years now is that Mariota is not a very good quarterback. I mean, is it more likely that he's secretly a great quarterback? Arthur Smith couldn't figure it out with him, but could make Ryan Tannehill into a top five NFL quarterback. Is Does that make any sense? I, I don't understand that that logic jump. The The odds are that Mariota just probably maybe regressed a little bit. Maybe it's the injuries. Maybe he just wasn't seeing things. Maybe, maybe the offense didn't fit him, whatever. But it is clear that Arthur Smith is not a problem. He is, at the very least, getting out of the way and letting his playmakers make plays. And that that's a good way to run an this, offense. So, sp- speaking
0: of the fan base and just, this is what I've been saying for, I, I forgot what week it was I said this, where basically I snapped and said, I've just got to learn to shut up and just start enjoying watching football. I think and it was, was for the it- Chiefs. Was it, it was
1: after the Chiefs game or it was after the Denver game or something? It was the
0: watching the Chiefs game is when I had that realization. Yeah, yeah, I just need to enjoy was. watching football. Honestly, that's helped me enjoy the Titans season. Hey, I'm with you. Yeah. Now, of course, that's gone run coherent, concurrent with a team that's with really, you. really playing well. So, yep. you know, sure, take that with a green salt. But at the same time, I, I said this on midday the other day before I got hung up on for having a terrible phone connection. But um, <laughs> if you can't step back and and enjoy the fact that this team is putting up an offense like you said that we have that this we haven't seen since the 80s that they're running toe to toe with some of the most high powered offenses in the league that the titans themselves look like a high powered offense which is something that we as fans and the media themselves have been screaming for the longest time because just, especially media members just want something exciting to cover if you can't step back and enjoy this moment as just a fan of football why are you watching the sport yes
1: i got i got in a nutshell, two two scenarios for how Titans the vocal toxic Titans minority on Twitter react. When things were going bad at the first 6 uh weeks on offense, it was all Art Smith's fault. When things are going good on and none of it was the quarterback's fault. Now when things are going good, it's not it's no credit to Arthur Smith. It's all Ryan Tannehill. It's
0: individual players that are somehow yeah.
1: making this team run
3: coherently. They're, they're
1: doing well in spite of Art Smith. So while it was all Art Smith's fault at the beginning, now that we have a top 10, top 5 offense, it's none of it's Art Smith. So, right. uh, yeah. you know, no credit to him. He does not deserve credit. Here's here's the next scenario. This team is going to lose its winning end. It's just what they do. Blah, 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 blah. We go and beat the Texans this Sunday and we get in the playoffs. Well, you know, they didn't play all their starters, so you know what does that really say about this team that they beat a Texans with none of its starters?
0: Well, did you know that Chick Fil A <laughs> makes delicious sandwiches just because their employees are nice?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it has nothing to do that they run a systematically incredible franchise, yeah. have the recipes down to a T. It's just because they hire a bunch of young, smiling people who are nice to you.
1: But that's Titans Twitter in nutshell. Yeah. They don't, if they don't want, ever want to give credit to this team, why even be a fan of this team? Yeah, is it because you know you just rooted for them for the last ten years and you feel stupid? Listen, you want to give up on this team and and you're tired of how this franchise has ran. You don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. By all means, get the fuck away from. Honestly, this team. I I I <laughs> truly
0: I do I hate to say this because I'm not trying to find a way to dig at the Tennessee Vols more,
1: but I yeah. think that it's. Well, more, I'm all for big and let ways. and <laughs> let me say
0: let me say this in the de- in in the defense of Tennessee Vols fans. I think if you took an NFL franchise and dropped it in Birmingham, Alabama, you would see just as bad, if not worse, of a fan
2: base. Well, and there's a lot of overlap with the Alabama fan no, base of course. as it's as as right now. And yeah.
0: the example I'm giving is because that I, I think the expectations of the SEC fan base as a whole make fans very unrealistic. But moving past that, I do kind of believe there's a small subset of Tennessee Vols fans that are so kind of downtrodden, and rightfully so, for the last decade of their is that it's just this carryover of being so used to shitting on their sec team and now they got an nfl team to shit on and then you amplify that with social media and unfortunately social media has a very good way of amplifying the highest highs and then the absolute worst of a fan base at the same time
1: and it's just let me let me be honest and then the reason why I keep saying vocal minority, because it really is, it's really yeah, just the same it, it people is, all right. the time. And we're
0: ranting about the vocal minority specifically yeah. because we really truly only interact with people on Twitter. We're, right. we're not on Facebook. If we have an Instagram account, I'm embarrassed say, I don't know what it is.
1: It's the same as the Twitter account, <laughs> uh, but I, mean, we we, I don't really See, use it.
2: Uh, I'm on there. I, I, I follow <laughs> it, but I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. not sure we've posted but go, it. <laughs> go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry.
1: But I mean, it's just, you know, it's the same people over and over. And if you're just this unhappy, just... Why are you trying to make everybody else unhappy?
0: Well, and that's that's the point I'm making, is that at this point, if you cannot sit back, set aside all your shit about individual problems. Art Smith, Mariota, the team's past, all that kind of stuff. Some of those subsets I even fall into. I've spent hours on this podcast railing about the cheapness of the team, the way the stadium's set up, whatever. You can go back and listen to hours of that shit. But if you can't step back and just enjoy what you're seeing on the field right now, regardless if you're even a fan of the Titans... Why are you watching the sport? Like, that's the part I don't get. It's getting to a point with me that I'm watching fans react to shit that I'm like, that is football. You know, people are talking about well, oh, they gave up a close game to the Saints. They can't finish against good teams, motherfucker. Someone has to lose these contests. Right. can't finish <laughs>
1: against good teams, but hey, uh, we beat the Chiefs. But that right. doesn't count because not, that's oh, a hobble
0: yeah, that uh, right, 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 Patrick. Yeah. And then people like to go back to the Chargers guy. Oh, well, they won in a fluke manner. They won the game. It doesn't matter. At the end someone's got to win the game. Someone's number was higher on the scoreboard. Yeah. yeah. If they,
2: you can't enjoy the sport for that, then what are you watching it for? And and, and I get pissed about. Think about it this way the titans for all their lack of success that that all these fans are so mad about this is a successful team relative to all those all those dark years in 20 other nfl markets at a minimum at a minimum there's probably more would trade places with you in a heartbeat so when did we become as titans fans too good to root for a team that might get a wild card spot. And, that has and, a chance that, to win and yeah. get into the playoffs yeah. in Week 17.
1: For three years in a row, and we right. have a winning end. You yeah. know how many teams do not have that winning end? Yeah. Uh, look at look at the Rams that went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They're not even in the discussion for the playoffs. But, you know, Vrabel sucks, and we should have gotten an offensive head coach. And Art sucks, and this this offense sucks, and blah, blah, blah. Go look at the fucking Rams. I bet the Rams would wish they were at nine and s- or at eight and eight right now, or eight and seven. Yeah, eight and seven, playing to get into the wild card. Instead, they're sitting at home in their fan in LA, n- have nothing to play for. Here's the
0: here's the example. I get. I'm sorry, Mike. Now you get. Uh, if you and this is the, a point I was trying to make the other day. Get it, I'm going to go button. If you really want to look at a consistent pattern of misery of why you would want. Wonder why a fan base keeps rooting for this team. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I to me, on paper, that's a formula for not having any faith and having a pretty damn good reason and a lot of evidence to back up why for at least probably the next five to ten years you shouldn't have any faith. Because Jerry Jones wants to live out this vicarious hope of coaching on the field. and He wants a yes man. That's the whole existence for Jason Garrett. Look at how it ended up with, uh, oh shit, who did they win their Super Bowl with when he bought Uh, the team? Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, and then he hired... um, Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer. So all of these setups with the Cowboys, on top of the fact that they have taken so much talent and straight up wasted it, that to me is a fan base that you can point to that has a hell of a lot more to be upset than Titans fans do. This ownership has started to show and proven that they give a shit. Jerry Jones doesn't give a shit. It's about Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones likes to talk about, we bring in the best talent and we'll pay him the most money. You do, but you can't do shit with the talent. You know why? Because the owner of your team will not get out of their own way. And until that man literally cannot physically speak or walk or dies, he is going to be in full control of that team as the general manager and will never give it up. Listen to his latest radio interview where he ramps rambles on it was cursing and got hung up on think about hanging up on the owner of an nfl team because he can't keep his mouth shut that's the owner of your team and you're a dallas cowboys fan you want to talk about despair i I think cowboys fans have a lot more to be worried about right now than browns fans browns fans have a whole history of sucking and blah 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 cowboys fans have at least another decade of this so this guy gives up the ghost and it's going to be his son that takes over and his son has only had like glimpses of being able to change things but his son could end up very much being another jerry jones so i i don't want to hear it from titans fans anymore i don't because the evidence is in
1: front of you that this team is changing there there is nine games and of data staring you at them in the fucking face yeah <laughs> i mean it might as well be there it might as well be a porno with a big dick swinging around <laughs> because it's there and it you're gonna see it
2: let me, let me say this too about, because I know one of the comments that I get frequently when I say we should appreciate this team for what it is, you know, yes, nine and seven isn't the ultimate goal every year, but playing in week 17 with a chance to win and get into the playoffs and not needing any help is, uh, you know, that's, that's something that's not nothing. A lot of people respond to that and say, well, you're just being complacent. You're happy with nine and seven. I, you know, I want them to go, you know, twelve and four and win the division every year. I, I want that too. But me being a pissy, moany bitch about the whole thing is not going to make them play better. I can they, yell they're, they're, and
1: they're not listening to you. I, I can <laughs>
2: yell and scream into the void. They suck. They gotta do better. All I want it is not going to make Ryan Tannehill throw more passes to AJ Brown. It's not going to make you know. Harold Landry getting that extra sack, that does not matter. I'm just – I'm a fan. I recognize I have no control over the team. And and the sooner you embrace that, the happier you're going to be.
1: Well, and then people are going to say, well, fans quit going to the games. They'll listen to us and more and blah, blah, blah you you guys are you know you, <laughs> you guys are not going to the game and you
2: don't think they're trying to win yeah i mean they're absolutely trying to win they're and, spending money they're building they're at, they're doubling the size of their facility amy Adams does not have to double the size of st thomas sports park she doesn't have to do shit but she did she didn't have to spend money redesigning all the jerseys and trying to you know freshen up the look of, didn't of have everything to bring the draft here. but she did she, yeah she didn't have to bring the draft here but she did They didn't have to go out and sign Roger Saffold and Adam Humphreys and Cameron Wake, but they did. So I don't want to hear this shit about they're not trying to win. They're absolutely trying to win. And as fans, what you do is you support the team that you're rooting for. So
1: so do you think uh, these fans think that Mike Vrabel and John Robinson are sitting around in office? They're looking at the record and the schedule, and they're going, guys, we're... We're gonna be a little too close to twelve and four or thirteen and uh, three. We probably need to lose these next few games, to get back down nine seven. No, I mean, what listen, they're, what <laughs> you <they're laughs>
2: doing is uh, they're looking at Twitter and they're going, "Well, Jen one two three four seven eight nine uh, said, you know, nine now, and I do believe that is a real
1: Twitter name not, that Mike has seen.
2: <laughs> said said that uh, nine and seven isn't good enough. We really need to pick it up this week, boys. Yeah. I mean. She's really unhappy about it, so this week I'm going to coach Listen, him extra hard. Well, see,
1: I think the opposite because, you know, this team is always going to go 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight and eight. They never want to be good, so I think they're trying to dial it back. Uh, you two
0: hey, yeah. sons of bitches joke, but we spent <laughs> half of an episode one day talking about there was a sizable amount of Twitter's idiots talking about was Art Smith colluding to make oh Mario to look God. bad.
1: Hey, even, you know what? And this is what I'll say to that. Even if, if he was, then he's an even better <laughs> offensive coordinator than I thought, because that's the way he should have done to get Ryan Tannehill on the field in this offense And movie. see, this is where... He is a
0: genius. And this is where I, 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 this is where I was actually disappointed that, it, of course, the episode never even ended up airing, but that I didn't get to record with Buck, because Buck was getting on to me a little bit on Twitter about that, he disagrees with me that the team does not market itself. Here's my here's my description of why I think this team has marketed itself incorrectly. A lot of these fans that I hear are older fans that live pretty far outside the city that the Titans fan base chased pretty hard in what I'm pretty sure, and I get it, was kind of chasing the, we, we want to go after the Tennessee Vols fan. We want to go after the SEC fan base that is already there. This team has to start marketing to people local that are close to the city that can show up on a whim because I'm sorry, the older, old head fan base that's way outside the city, they can't make it to games are some of the ones that I hear that call in and get on Twitter and bitch the most about this team and they do not show up to the stadium. They have long since stopped showing up to the stadium and they are some of the most negative people I've ever heard when they call or they write things on Twitter. Stop marketing to them. That's not your fan base anymore. Yes, they can buy Titans jerseys and they can bitch and moan and well, they can buy a Marcus game.
1: Titans jerseys because they Bingo. don't want to have a variety <laughs> of any the, other Titans. Yeah, jerseys. there'll be plenty
0: of those at nineteen ninety nine next week at sports season, but <laughs>
1: they're still charging one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> uh,
0: but anyways, my point being is that uh, that's I feel that the team is still trying to actively market towards that,
1: and I, and that's what needs to stop. I will say this: uh, what was it the Chargers game that we were at, Mike? And I was complaining about the music the whole time. Uh, yes. I yeah. Think, yeah, it was the Chargers game. I and I will say this, from the Chargers game to now this game, the Saints game that I went to, it it the in-game experience has progressively gotten better. It has, yes. If I, I may, I don't think they did at the Saints game, the Kroger race.
0: Oh. I actually have
1: not seen, I it, up seen, seen point. it. I don't think I've seen it. I thought we him. saw it at the Chargers game, but did I don't we? think they did it at... They have not done the cr- – they, they did not do it at the Saints game unless I was no. m-
2: missing from it. Yeah, they didn't do it at the Texans game unless it was during halftime. Yeah, but the in-game experience itself has
1: progressively gotten better. So they did hire – was uh, Gil Beverly, yeah, right? Yeah, Gil Beverly. He, he, it wasn't a big sweeping change, and it wasn't an instant change, but I do see – as far as in-game experience goes, cause I agree with you on the marketing, it's time to market to the local Nashville people and make it a – Predators-like experience. Sure. like Right? So, it I uh, definitely agree that the game, it's, uh, the in-game experience has gotten better, though. And yeah. that gives me hope for next year. Uh, I did take a season ticket holder survey recently, and I did trash everything I wanted to trash. <laughs> I told them they needed, I, they needed to get Logan's out of there and do food trucks. Yes. I put in there that uh, the... Uh, Exiting the stadium, as far as the parking lot is concerned, and trying to get to your parking lot is a train wreck. Yeah, can, I de- can we
2: uh, can we tell the Titans right here because I'm sure they're listening. Yeah. Um, that since we did invent the food truck idea, that we would really love it if the uh the little concourse areas were known as the F words pod food truck area. I definitely agree with that. yeah. F is for food. Yeah. yeah. The but also you know what
1: they also need to do make. <laughs> Parking. They need to make <laughs> the parking. Episode. Yeah. They need to make parking passes more accessible to those that are not season ticket that holders.
0: That shit is crazy. Uh, Can you explain that?
1: Uh, that's because I saw V-Lop As far as I know, it's only PSL certain holder. PSL holders get parking passes. Yes. And not all PSL holders get right. dibs at parking passes. And then if you need a parking pass, I don't know how you fucking get one because it's this, not. Unless you go to StubHub or
2: something. Wait. You got to buy one like off of Craigslist and yeah. hope you're not getting ripped off. The way. That
0: I've had it explained to me, or that, and I don't know how correct this is, is that it's basically just the club level PSL holders are the only ones that have parking passes. That's, yeah.
1: that's insane to what me. What in
0: the hell? There was a, a gentleman, I can't think of his name on Twitter, so I forget, and a, he's a listener of ours, but he was talking about how he wanted to switch from club level down to sitting in the lower bowl. And he was actually prepared to just saying, all right, I'm going to give up my corner club-level tickets. I'm going to buy something on the 50-yard line in the 300s and save hopefully about $1,000 a year. And he was actually able to save $1,000 a year buying (laughs) seats like six rows off the field, I think in the end zone of the lower bowl. All that being said, he was happy about it, but he was shocked to find that since he was not a PSL holder, he just bought season tickets, that he couldn't buy a parking pass. I I didn't know that, and, and V Love got on um, Twitter and was basically confirmed that and he's been kind of you know going off about it on a regular basis. I, I'm actually kind of shocked to hear that. I didn't know that, and I think that's very ass backwards. it, it,
3: it <laughs> yeah. should be
1: it should be very ass backwards. Easy to get a parking pass. Yeah,
2: they should be promoting people that want to mm-hmm. come tailgate, you know, yeah. and, and make it easier to get into the game. You know? All right,
1: so and, and I'll say this a, a little bit about our fans before I get, before we maybe change topics or whatever. We're gonna, we're gonna have to because I'm getting weird. Okay. Um I want to say that I, I think that we have a very underrated fan base as a whole. I've really come around to the idea that the, right. the ones that are actually going to the game, the ones that are there with butts and seats and the ones that are there setting up tailgates and stuff, they are really awesome. They're setting up events. The Titans are even trying to set up events at Acme Feed and this weekend. Yep, and then that. there's also going to be an event, a Titans event at yep. Yeehaw Brewery. So they're, they're doing some things... And I think Titans fans need to take advantage of this and go out to these events and meet other Titans fans and get some positivity. I, I feel like the people that go to these events, uh, that go that go to the tailgate, that go to the game, they're the positive Titans fans that everybody's wanting to hang out with and wanting to hear from. You know, go, go to these events. Get out there and do them. And if the Titans are listening, I totally said all of that so people will go to your game and now get aj brown jerseys into the um in, into the titans pro shop i'm tired pod of seeing truck area. Yeah. yeah i'm tired of seeing four mariota jerseys at full price <laughs> on the titanslockerroom.com while at least uh fan fanatics has them at least for 122 which is still way overpriced but aj brown is only in a navy jersey i would love a white or light blue aj brown jersey Make it happen. There's no Tannehill Let, jersey on the Titans locker room, by the one, way.
2: One one quick uh, point on the Pro Shop too, the code blue a couple weeks ago against the Texans. It was really frustrating that. All right, so they do the the code blue thing. I I thought that was cool, but I I don't know about you, but most of my Titan stuff is navy blue. They, like, there's just not a huge selection of light blue. This body frame does to, look good to, in baby blue. So, so, so yeah, I agree, with you. and I mean I I'm not gonna wear <laughs> baby blue most of the time. Like if if I'm Cho- choosing whatever but- he's got baby blue unc
0: sweatpants <laughs> that he rocks <laughs> Just
2: all decked out No. Uh, the but so i go to the game and i'm like all right so i i went to before i went to the game i went to dick's sporting goods in mount juliet and then academy sports in mount juliet looked for something in titan's blue uh to wear to the game He's you know, wanted to participate and be you know be a part of the crowd um couldn't find anything there they had one t-shirt at uh academy and um one t-shirt at Dick's, nothing in my size so um
1: well that's i mean that's really not the titan's fault that you I mean, need like a 5 xl
2: tall. XL, XL. xl is not that odd of a size so xl with eight extra inches sewn <laughs> yeah, so yeah, on the, yeah. bottom, of the yeah. bottom of the shirt yeah. xlt if you got it would be great <laughs> motherfucker makes a starter <laughs> um, jacket look like a halter top <laughs> that's actually true <laughs> um but so i go there and so i'm like all right well whatever i'll just buy something at the game and put it on over whatever i'm wearing it's gonna be chilly anyway so I go to the game, we go into the pro shop, and they've got, like, nothing available in the pro shop in Titans Blue, and it's a code blue game. I'm like, why would you not have something for sale that people can buy and wear into the, like...
1: And and what they offer online and the style and the cuts or the the, the way that it looks on you or whatever, the they're, they're two or three years behind whatever everybody else is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I can log on, I, I log on to NFLShop.com, and I'll see it's probably usually typically Seahawks and New York Giants for whatever reason, are always on the front page.. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, that looks pretty stylish. I'll, I'll go back. No, nope, they just got the same stuff they've had for the last three years. Not even kidding. I can I have bought a uh, shirt off there from seven years ago, and it's still on Titan's Pro shop and it's still on NFL oh shops my gosh. that are that it's still full price. Oh my god! I mean, it's from seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, that that is utterly ridiculous. The pro shop ridiculous.
0: at the stadium and the the offerings online of Titans fan gear is is pretty pathetic. That the sweater I wore to the Cold Code Blue game, um, the light up one that, yeah. that they the they advertised sweater. that heavily last Christmas. I yeah. that was one of those moments where advertising works because I saw it and I was like, that actually would be a funny sweater to own. I bought. One of the only sweaters they had online, not just in my size, and I understand I wore a big size shirt. It was one of the only ones they had at all, and they only had, had them in my size and a couple of others, and just a handful left. And I got one. I've never seen it listed again, uh, and and I'm I'm lucky I got it. It, it just I don't know. It's pathetic. It's, it's, I'll say this before we move on from this topic. Zach is right. That the the if you want to see examples of. How rabid the loyal fan base is! Look at the tailgates for the Code Blue game, and it it was—they were there. They were all over the place. The parking lot was jammed full early, and I was very, very happy to see that. And if you're on the fence and you you feel like you're online doing a lot of bitching, I agree with that. Go see one of these tailgates that that are being set up. Uh, The Titans are going out of the way. The fan base is going out of their way to make these these tailgates a lot of fun because there are a lot of stale tailgating experiences out there. In the NFL, I mean, Bill's fans are jumping on tables, so I'll just leave those idiots aside. But like, yeah, we don't want to do that. The Redskins don't have a tailgate experience. Minnesota, because it's so damn cold, does not really have any tailgating set up. You know, be lucky that that we do have them set up. And the fans that are out there tailgating are doing a pretty damn.
2: Yeah, and, and we did we did shit on the fan page pretty good but i will say that it's, it's still a minority it, it's definitely a minority it is a minority and yes. i would say that most of the people that are listening to this podcast if you've still hung with us after you know whatever how, how long we've we been doing this two years about yeah, 26 years. years so uh yeah 26 years longest um, running episodic podcast ever. yeah we set a record we actually were recording before podcasts were yeah. even a thing we so. coined the phrase podcast we did um so if you've made it this far with us we're not talking about you
1: <laughs> all right uh real quick <laughs> that's enough real quick not about fans but what are we going to talk about and let me see if this fits in with it nudity nudity it does well you could get naked after you hear <laughs> that texans deandre hopkins is not practicing today. i just saw that is it still illness i i don't know uh but i will say this derrick henry Corey davis and jeffrey simmons all practiced again today
2: but no Humphreys, no no
1: Sadori, no. Khalif.
0: So that does actually. I was about to talk about Texans playing starters still an illness. is yeah. bob full of shit. I, I um, I don't really know how this works. Mike can speak to it a lot better, but I feel like these illnesses and things uh, being listed next to players for Texans on the uh, injury
2: report is definitely lining up for them sitting people. Yeah, I think he's kind of laying the groundwork for eventually sitting these guys. Well,
1: when what a few years ago, he played his quarterback that was starting for him right before the—in a meaningless playoff game for them, technically. Because what's the big deal about playing the third seed or the fourth seed at this point? Because you're going to have to face the Ravens either way, more than likely, right? Yeah,
2: Eventually, if you, yeah. 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 And
1: so what does it even really matter in a well, big scheme of things, uh, third and fourth? Because you're going to get the same amount of home games to technically. It's dip-
2: it's whether – I think there's two things about it. So if you get the three seed, you get and, – and if they win – so the only way the Texans are going to get the three seed is if they beat the Titans, obviously. Um, so if they – beat the Titans, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to end up playing the Steelers in the first round, which I think would probably be the easiest possible first round opponent for them. Um, So I think there's some advantage to getting the three seed, but I honestly, I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose to uh, the Chargers because the Chiefs not only have a chance to play to protect that three seed, but they have a chance to get the two seed because the patriots are playing the dolphins at the same time that the chiefs and chargers are playing so if the patriots were to lose to the dolphins I know it's not like super likely that that happens but we saw crazy things I mean last year they lost to the dolphins in that week um so we've seen that kind of crazy thing happen before and the chiefs could actually sneak into that second bye which would be huge I mean that's a massive deal so the chiefs yeah. have to play all out to try to get that bye if they are going to have a chance you know maybe and if they see the Patriots go way up early they start pulling Mahomes homes or something but and what I, okay so the Chiefs play the Chargers
0: at noon and we play the Texans at 305 correct? right so or
2: 325
0: 325 yeah. so
2: if the Chiefs win what does that mean for the Texans that means they're locked into the four seed no matter what happens okay they, yeah, so they cannot improve their their seating because
0: I've heard a lot of talk
2: this week about Basically, if they see the Chiefs win, that could be the ultimate decider. Yeah. And, and I, think, people. I think that's what it would be. I think if they if the Chiefs win, Bill O'Brien would be absolutely skewered, and rightfully so. If the Chiefs won, they had nothing to play for, and they trot out Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, and one of those guys gets hurt. Because
1: Watson's banged up, too. I mean, if yeah, he gets hurt, I mean. He's
2: listed with a back injury. He had the Achilles thing he kept grabbing yeah. at during the yeah. Bucks game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going on there. I, it would make zero sense to me for them to put those guys Vegas
1: there. Vegas makes you think that depending on what you look at or whatever yeah. because I, I heard is either on midday or 3HL that the line started off with us as 2.5 underdogs or 1.5 or something like that and it switched all the way to we were 5.5 favorites now that was on the radio station I know Bavada went a little different with their yeah. odds but they're also in favor of the Titans so everybody's assuming that they're not going to play yeah. and they really shouldn't play.
2: They should. So
0: what was um, what was Billy Obat comments about uh, resting players that makes you think he's possibly full of shit?
2: So, I mean, he basically when they asked him uh, earlier in the week, you know, hey, are you going to rest starters this week? His response was, well, we're going to play to win the game. You know, we want to we want to play to win the game, you know, whatever that means. And then, you know, of course, Tayshawn Gibson, their safety came out and said something about, you know, wanting to beat the Titans just to play Grinch or whatever, to keep the Titans out of the playoffs or whatever, which, you know, Tayshon had a chance to do that two years ago. And he uh, he and his buddy Barry Church got buried under Nissan Stadium. So um, (laughs) good luck with that, Tayshon. People don't forget. But uh, he uh, yeah. So he came out and said that shit. So. I, I, I mean, the Texans, even if they do rest their starters, the guys that are out there are going to be playing to win because, I mean, you go out on a football field, you're not going to half-ass it. You know, you half-ass it, you're going to get killed. But so. in
0: defense of butthole, Jen Bob. Yeah. um Is that really any different from any coaching speak that we would hear out of most other coaches in the league?
2: Not really. I could
0: see Bill Belichick say that, in a, actually not even in as many words. Oh, uh, we're, we're just here to win. Yeah, we're, we're just here to win. Uh, We're just uh, We're,
2: we're on to the bye. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And they're going to rest them. They, I mean, I they. So. I, think I think they'll so. rest. Uh, I'll think they'll rest a few of the starters.
2: I mean, we know Fuller's not going to play. Yeah. for
1: sure. I mean, I would not be playing Hopkins. I wouldn't at play
2: all. Hopkins. I, mean, I wouldn't play Watson. I mean, essentially, at this
0: point, we're talking about weighing a decision between going ahead and securing the seed you're dealt versus trying to play Grinch against a divisional opponent for pretty much no reason. And I mean, frankly, well, the Jaguars tried that and then we still won. Well, right. but
2: look at the Jets. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, who are they going to sit? Blake Bortles. Um <laughs> but Can't <find> my wallet.
0: <laughs> I think someone took my truck oh, and my starting job.
2: <laughs> the uh but no, so there is actually there's actually some Texans fans uh you know, I was reading over on uh, Battle Red Blog, the uh, SB Nation oh, Texans Um they they actually a lot of them want the Titans to win because they think the Titans have a better chance of knocking off some teams and giving them a home game in a potential AFC championship scenario. So um, there's actually a scenario where they look at it as we're going to, you know, we're probably going to end up playing the bills either way. We'd rather have the Titans who have a chance to knock off the chiefs versus the uh, Steelers Steelers who have no chance of knocking off the chiefs get in and, and maybe cause some havoc and screw up some seating and, you know, play spoiler and, and give them a home game in Houston maybe we see them again in a I mean the AFC Steelers making it game.
1: in would be the worst playoff uh, team that we've seen in quite
2: I mean, a while who wants to see Duck no, Hodges it, play football that's make it into the playoffs.
0: that's a great point because setting aside my Titans fandom just if you're just a fan of the sport just between Titans Texans Kansas City and Baltimore God the AFC side of the picture for the playoffs sounds like some damn good football watching and, and people damn can good football tout watching.
1: mike tomlin's doing a great job and sure he's keeping them afloat and it's kept them competitive but they've been competitive against shitty teams yeah i mean they, look they're, at they're, the
2: teams that they've beaten yeah they, i think uh what was the uh the one team that they did beat that was decent was the rams yeah and who are eight and seven i mean that's not exactly and what's What's Duck's Great. real name? Devin. Delvin. De- Devlin. Delvin? Devlin?
1: Devlin? Devlin. Oh, I thought it was yeah. Delvin. So de- so <laughs> and I had him on my fantasy team. I thought it was so, de- Delvin.
0: The word, the name duck is only from this duck calling stuff? Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't I'm here. not I'm
1: not with that. Coming and, from the guy called uh, called Lebowski from a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least, at am least I, he.
0: Am I playing in the NFL? No, but at do least he that, has. It's that.
1: like a marketable does, skill. Does
0: <laughs> my Does my voice have any sort of clout in any realm of responsibility? Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, absolutely. It does not. Yeah. Yeah. It does. You're I'm part just, of your, the, your uh, Titans Media official bud. sponsor of the food truck area yeah. at Na- not Nissan Stadium. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Lebowski and yeah. said, uh, no, it's, I, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't get on board. You with can get on board, like, Duck? I no, kind of like I can't it. get on board with,
2: with I'd Duck like, I think it would that.
1: be better if after every time, that well, I guess he hasn't scored a touchdown, right? They haven't they?
3: Any-
2: they, they've scored only scored like eight offensive touchdowns yeah. in the last like that's seven weeks or something.
1: But I mean, if he scored a touchdown, if he actually did a duck call.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I don't think so. that's don't is, Was that a duck? I don't I don't, know. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, maybe a, <laughs> you
0: drowning a duck. Do you know what call uh, James Conner makes when he scores a touchdown? I don't know if there is. <laughs> ow, since week ow. A fart? Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> a it, wet it, fart. You can't make a sound if you don't get to the end zone since
3: week eight.
2: <laughs> so there is a scenario, though, where the Titans lose and still get in, which I mean, it's it takes a few games now, so the Colts and the Steelers both have to lose. If if those two teams lose their games, then the Titans are in regardless of what happens. But I, I think those teams play at 325 as well. Uh,
1: yes, I think both of them do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right.
2: Uh, Everybody
0: loves Dudair, yes. don't you?
2: Yeah, so Steelers-Ravens at 325, and so is Colts-Jaguars. So those will all be going on at the same time. So. And-
0: let me, I, let me move into this okay. point. Um, potential playoff matchups for the Titans if they get in.
1: It's just, Almost certainly the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, it's like 90% Chiefs, I think. Yeah. Because we were talking about off-air. I, I just don't see a way that's not the Chiefs unless somehow there's, the Chiefs lose and we win, there's, maybe?
2: There's three, there's three potential teams that they could face. So they could face the Patriots, they could face the Chiefs, and they could face the Texans, theoretically. The Texans, or for them to face the Patriots they would need the Patriots to lose to the Dolphins and the Chiefs to beat the Chargers and the Titans win and get in. Um, Then they would would go to New England for the first round. If the Chiefs lose... Wait. Yeah, so then the Texans scenario is if the Chiefs lose, the Texans win, and then the Steelers and Colts also lose. So that that scenario takes four games to go a certain way Mm. for it to break. Most, most like ninety percent of the, the the chances. If the Patriots win, the the Chiefs win. Would you know if if everything goes according to chalk, it would be Titans at Chiefs again, which would be kind of cool. You know, it, it, you're kind of getting into a little bit of a rivalry there at this point with you know second trip to arrowhead and well, it's not a rivalry for always winning uh that's true what what's the that's titans true.
0: record at, at arrowhead at like four and one or something, something there,
2: well, yeah, well, i know it's latest. at least
1: two and or yeah two and oh since 2016
2: yeah when's, when's the last time we lost to the chiefs it's been a minute
1: i can't think of it i don't know if we've ever lost to the chiefs
0: to yeah, be honest probably with you not
2: guys. titans have never gotten beaten by the chiefs never, never. You're your first the
0: titans are the best team ever yep. <laughs> They've won a thousand <laughs> Super Bowls. i know because i was at both of yeah. them um <laughs> patrick mahomes wears a Tannehill jersey yeah <laughs> all right so uh our buddy on twitter robert greenlaw friend of the front is he a fan of the show is he a friend of the show he's I definitely was, a friend I of think the he's, show he's yeah. a
1: friend of the show i don't know if he listens to the show
0: he might not <laughs> that's what i mean do we call him own. an acquaintance of the show
1: I think we call him uh, best friend of the podcast. Best,
0: best friend, friend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow, wow, best
1: friend of somebody who shows up and helps you change the
0: tires. Robert yeah. gonna do that?
1: Well, well now, maybe if we broke down in St. Louis,
2: we we gotta now. Now he's gotta listen, yeah, because he's our best friend. Doesn't have a best choice. Best friend of the podcast. Yeah. He put out a tweet where he kind of went through
0: some uh, what would you call these team awards? He called for the... he
1: called it Titans twenty nineteen awards. All
0: right uh mike do you want to break these down or do you want me to read all you even have them up i got i got got them do you
1: got them oh look at you i can do this okay
0: we will start 2019 Titans team awards mvp he's got ryan Tannehill listed anybody disagree there
1: Mm, I, you could make a case for Derrick Henry, but yeah. I think after seeing Derrick Henry not play the Saints game, I think that Tannehill is the MVP. I mean,
0: outside of Art Smith, who's been the most pivotal in changing this offense. I think Ryan <laughs> Tannehill for sure, yeah.
2: I, I think it's got to be Tannehill. Yeah. He, he's got to be the MVP. I mean, he, he saved the season. Yeah.
1: Clearly went
0: Tawan Taylor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> offensive uh,
1: player of the year. Who, who does he have? He's got Derrick Henry listed. I mean, I'd go Tajay Sharp, but oh my god, I'm just Get kidding. The fuck out of here. I think I think it's obviously Derek Henry.
2: Yeah, I think I think Henry's the right choice. You can make an, a case for AJ Brown, but I think we've got a spot for him later. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, th- I think you have to go Derek Henry there. I completely agree. Uh, defensive player of the year is Logan Ryan.
1: I w- if 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 Malcolm Butler had never gotten injured, I would. You have. Logan Ryan should be the most pissed about this uh Butler injury because now he can't get in all the sacks that he was getting. Yeah. Right. And then he was in he was legit by a few respected national people getting considered as defensive player of the year candidate cuz yeah. we talked about it on the show in an All-Pro. And now he's just it's not going to happen. Yeah. And it, it sucks for Logan. He would be first half. I really think that it to me defensive player of the year is probably uh I'd go Harold Landry. Yeah,
2: I, I think there's three candidates. I think you're looking at Ryan Landry or um, Bayard. Yeah. And I might lean Bayard, actually. I, I know he's coming off probably his worst game of maybe his whole Titans career. Um, but I think he's been steady, good. He's got four picks. Um, he's He's part of the reason that teams, you don't see teams throwing over the top against the Titans hardly ever. That's a big part of the reason for that is the fact that Kevin Byard's back there and teams are terrified to throw anywhere near him. So I'd probably lean Byard.
0: Yeah, I don't think Deion Sanders agrees with you. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Rookie of the year. I mean, come on. He's got A.J. Brown and we're really going to.
1: I mean, it's Um, A.J. Brown and A.J. Brown is what? Who is a Bill Barnwell? Yeah,
2: he's got him as his uh, rookie of the year for the whole NFL. So. And and I think I think it's the right pick, honestly. And Barnwell's, uh, if you haven't read it yet, go check it out on ESPN.com. But Barnwell's write up on Brown was particularly interesting because you know, obviously, he's pretty well connected in NFL circles, knows some executives, you know, coaches around the league, stuff like that. He said that no player, or he said maybe there's maybe two or three players in the whole NFL, not just rookies, that have generated more text from. People in the league and other media members and stuff like that about, holy crap! Have you seen AJ Brown? And they, he said it's coming from people that are watching the tape, watching the All 22, and going, my god, this guy is incredible. Do you? I'm sorry I didn't mean to I, put you off. Do no, you think
0: there's more draft? regret in this league right
2: now than aj brown
0: I, there has to be several I, front offices that had them on their board and probably passed them up
2: barnwell said he knows he or i guess not knows but he said there's at least a dozen teams that yeah you know have expressed regret about well the patriots
1: drafting. drafted Nikhil harry before aj yeah. brown i wow. bet they He's, wish they had aj brown uh, right now 100 percent.
2: i mean aj brown is i mean terry mclaurin's been great um Debo Samuel, who I also love coming out, has been great. But
1: they haven't been near as consistent no. as A.J. Brown. Yeah,
2: A.J. Brown is the top wide receiver in this class, and I don't think it's particularly close. And mm. and I think he's only going to get better. So I, give, I think he's a star. Give
0: me your looking glass um, projection when it comes contract time. Who's going to get the bigger number, A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf?
2: Oh, A.J. Brown.
0: You, you think, oh, yeah. like, he will cons- – do you think 10 years down the road that without a doubt AJ Brown will be the better performer than DK Metcalf? Yeah. I, I'd, I'd th- say it's
1: gonna be close, but I'd say it's pretty, pretty much AJ Brown. I'll
2: go I'll go out on this line. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. AJ Brown's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Wow. Wow.
1: wow. wow.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: I, I, I listen, I'm all here for it. Like I <laughs> I almost stopped myself saying the word superstar, but I think by the end of, of the season next year, without a doubt, I think that man is going to be playing as best. As as well as some of the best wide receivers yep. that have played this game. I think so. Yeah. Um, breakout player, he has Harold Landry listed.
1: I'm going Johnny Smith. Mm. I, I, I Let me say something. Choice. Johnny Smith's on-field speed, he gets faster every game I, I watch him play. Yeah. And he is fast. And, and he's coming
2: off an ACL injury, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy yeah. thing that people are It's
1: insane how on the field... He, how fast he is, how quick he gets to that top speed, too. His acceleration is really good. He has to be, in my mind, the fastest tight end. Maybe Evan Ingram is faster, but I think his on-field speed is just unmatched right now. I think
0: uh, I completely agree with you because, I'd, maybe unfairly, I like to assign this award because he's done such a good job of helping the Titans, I think. Um, how do I say this? That will sound like an asshole. They, it's helping them move on and forget Um, Delaney Walker, who coming into the season was my absolute favorite Titans player.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if we told people that the Titans were going in this whole nine game stretch has been without Walker, I think he played like six snaps in the Chargers game. But if we told people before the season that Delaney Walker was gonna go out and the offense was gonna get better, like you know, how who would have believed us? Um, but yeah, I think Johnny Smith's a good choice there. Um I'm gonna go just to trigger Superhorn, I'm gonna go Ben Jones. Oh. Ben Jones, breakout player of the year, PFF's number four rated center. He's having a great season. <laughs> Biggest disappointment. He's got Marcus Mariota. Much better listed. than Garrett Bradbury, by Yeah, the way. definitely much, much better, better
0: than Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> Biggest disappointment, he's got Marcus Mariota.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know that there's some people on Greenwall's mention that saying, well, I don't know how you can put Marcus as the biggest disappointment. When he leaves here, he's going to do really well.
2: That's why he's a disappointment. <laughs> it's not biggest disappointment for whoever's the next team he plays on. <laughs> the, the fucking
1: logic people use <laughs> on Twitter just cracks me up. But it has to be Marcus. I, I think you can make an argument for Taylor Lewan. Uh, maybe even Roger Saffold, no, you know, you can't, you can't but make not not at the
3: level Saffold anymore. You, well, I think he could that at ship the beginning. Has yeah. I think he could at
1: the beginning, and then maybe at the beginning. But, but no. I I think that maybe I tell you someone that nobody's mentioned to my knowledge on any of this. I'm gonna put Adam Humphreys down. I'm a little disappointed, in Adam Humphreys. I'm not. I guess I'm not surprised at with Marcus. Right? I'm yeah. not that surprised. My level of surprise is was is very slim. But I am surprised about Adam Humphreys and his production for the contract we gave him for the expectations I had. So via expectation, that's a biggest disappointment would probably be, maybe for me,
2: Adam Humphreys. Yeah. I, I think you've got to go Mariota. Yeah. I mean, as a known uh, Mariota hater, um, I have to stick with my brand and, and say Mariota. Well, big I, I didn't want to
1: mention it, but being that you brought it up, you are wearing a t-shirt with Marcus's face on it that has a big red X over it. Mm, it's pretty
0: well, terrible.
2: It's like, uh, it's my favorite shirt. Yeah, the fact that he my mom got double. it for me for Christmas. <laughs> I do. I've got.
0: I have to agree with Mariota. It's it's pretty hard for me to argue against. A you know starting quarterback losing his job in a contract year. Uh, that's you know I think that's pretty damning. I, I'm not not trying to throw additional dirt on Mariota's grave, and for those apologists to say he's going to go to another team and do well. I mean, look, Godspeed to him, but he's my biggest disappointment. I mean, I even, I even had the audacity to say at the beginning of the season that I thought he was going to ball out and get a new contract, and I felt like a fucking moron even saying that now. But, I, I yeah, sorely disappointed. I was hard on the to train. I was downtown at the uh, stadium when they drafted him. I was really excited. Yeah, he's my biggest disappointment. Um most underrated player, which I think we're going to get into a little discussion on because I don't think Titans fans, like most things, understand what underrated means. <laughs> most underrated player, Daquan Jones.
1: I I think it's totally Daquan Jones. I think for your breakout player, this would have been a good spot for Ben Jones because I think Ben Jones is totally underrated as well. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that Daquan is probably the most unheralded player to be very good at the job he is supposed to do and never be talked about. Let's be we, we put are, up are a stats. Daquan Jones podcast. We are, by we the really way. are. Because when we talked about the defensive techno- tackle and three technique and all that stuff on um what do we call used to call that? Film, uh, film, film and other uh, the efforts. efforts. Yeah. We we haven't done one in a while. We're uh. due for one <laughs> uh
0: buried buried in the pile of segments that
3: we (laughs) started and then forget about
1: but i will will, we'll say that we have talked about the dirty work that daquan jones does to let the linebackers do their job jayon brown and rashawn evans they yes they are very good players do not get me wrong but daquan jones does the dirty work to free up lanes and free up blocks for them to go through and make those plays
2: and and he's had his best year as a titan this year i yeah. mean he's he's been very good i think he fits in that nose tackle role that they put him in this year and yeah i think you're dead on big year for uh the joneses on both yeah, sides of the they, ball
1: daquan and uh ben uh, we need to send them an email and tell them that we've given them awards and where can we
3: ship
2: them to yeah we should we should we'll get in touch we'll but, get in touch with their and people
1: then, like you had this guy at e houston c How is Daquan most underrated? He's done a bunch of nothing this season. That's definitely Jonu Smith, Tajay Sharp, or Kenny Vaccaro. Jonu Smith's not underrated. Everybody knows about Jonu Smith, and everybody loves and recognizes that he's been great. Kenny Vaccaro is definitely not underrated. Tajay hasn't done enough to be rated either way, whether overrated or underrated. He's He's just there. He's there, yeah underrated as someone that you think is doing nothing, but because you probably are a fan that does not watch the all 22 or listen to this podcast, don't know that Daquan is doing a lot of the dirty work that needs to be done on defense.
0: Just because the NFL as a whole right now, and del- deservedly so, is blowing their milk all over the wall because Lamar Jackson is playing out of his mind doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes is underrated. He's just not getting the attention that Lamar's getting right now
2: because Lamar's playing like crazy.
1: Humphreys, Adori, and Khalif are all out declare it out declared out yeah.
2: yeah well that kind of sucks well but that's all right that's can i give my most uh underrated though we don't have time for that well shit i'm kidding Go all ahead. Right. What, what were you saying we'll save it for uh some segment in the future <laughs> yeah. that we won't ever get to <laughs> we'll bear we'll bury it next june now yeah. go ahead most underrated roger saffold because of the reason that, that you just said a lot of people still think he sucks and he does not suck that's in fact good. he is very good that's a good point He's what about kind a dory of- I I would have thought about a dory if not if not for the injury yeah. thing. The Seffold, injury thing's kinda
0: Seffled's having basically in, in some senses uh Malcolm Butler season from it, last exactly. year.
2: Exactly. He's having exactly he, Malcolm
0: Butler he's, season. He he had the first six to eight games where he's just getting roasted by the fan base, some of it deservedly yes. so
2: and he, he is and he did quietly, it. you know, kicking ass in the yeah, background. I, I agree been, with you. He's been great since. And I, and we said at the time on this podcast, don't count Roger Saffold out yet. There is still a chance that he has the Malcolm Butler year and he's had exactly that. So that this is this is why you don't make judgments about a player, a sweeping judgment about a player off of like five games worth of sample size. This only is why you coaches, don't do that. you only do that with coaches. Right. that, that Arthur Smith proved it. He sucks. And he'll always suck because he was bad for the first five games. Yep. Can, you, can you? If you're you, not, can you good, please
0: cut that first part. <laughs> if you're not, where he good. just says he sucks and he'll always suck, <laughs> just so that we can use it on him for the rest of his life.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. use that every time he plays. Uh, talks about Taywan. Cut out, cut out the <laughs> hell
0: yeah opening yeah. and uh, uh, replace it with he sucks and he'll always. <laughs> suck. I'm in favor of that. Let's do yeah. it. Why not? All right. How long have we been recording?
1: An hour and forty-one minutes. Is, Is this, this a first- new record? Uh, uh, yeah. pretty close it's, Yeah, it's gotta be
0: um, look shit happens the yeah. last 14 days we, we apologize we haven't got a podcast out till today uh, actually Zach and Mike really did have a full faith effort last week but the the 615 podcast fell through thanks unfortunately, for nothing Buck for buck, nothing, buck really
1: half efforted it yeah way to go <laughs> Mailed it in
0: yeah really bucked that up I'm sorry I'm just gonna keep saying Buck if we don't stop Um, but in all seriousness life happens unfortunately our schedules just didn't work out we will certainly be back next week obviously to talk about the win over the Texans, the advance into the playoffs and how all that's going to work. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, that's going to wrap it up for us fellow efforts. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google cast, whatever you use to find your podcast needs and uh, take the time to leave us a review or, you know, at least a rating that helps us. If you'll tell people around you to listen to our podcast, it's a very, very big thing for us. You can follow us on Twitter at efforts pod for Zach Lyons, Michael Herndon, the never present Keith I'm Mr. Lebowski you've been left.
2: he's gonna play us off here though
1: yeah this is uh, Elf on the Shelf by Glamper very nice